Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Weekly Nightly Podcast as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, so I'm AJ, aka Andrew Choi. Uh, we have another AJ on today that I'll introduce in a minute here. So let's see who else is on today. Yeah, I'm Carlo, um, the usual. Hey, guys, Eric. You guys uh, obviously are used to hearing from me now. Yeah. And I'm Dave. All right, so that's our uh, main host. So let's uh, introduce our guests for this time around. So we have the guys from Golden Knights Watch over here today. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. So I'll um, turn it over to Jack to introduce himself, and then we'll go from there. Hi, everyone. This is Jack Manning from the Golden Knights Watch podcast, and I'm here with my partner, uh, AJ Alexander. Hey, everybody. Oh, wow. You guys sound really, really I, awesome. When you I know. Like, I feel like we're listening to the radio. What's up with it? Like, you guys are showing us off. What, what is this? Welcome to Golden Knights Nightly, Weekly, Weekly, Nightly. Busting well, now, out the podcast. We might, we might have to get you guys to do our intro. Because... I was just going to say that. I'm like, Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're thinking of doing this kind of like, because of our name, it's like, it's like we did we did it as a parody of a news broadcast and I feel like you guys like that voice is kind of great for like an intro of a news broadcast kind of thing. <laughs> I'll put you in contact with my agent. All right, perfect. Is it your is your who's your agent? The other same agent, agent the other, who got me this booking. The other the other AJ. <laughs> the other one, yeah, the cool one. All right, I'm the cool one, damn. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, let's let's hop it right into uh, what our thoughts are around the round robin games. Uh, so first of all, let's just all like be very happy right here that you know first seed in the West. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, I mean really, what, uh, we was there hope for it? Was there ever any doubt that the Golden Knights were going to be the top seed? As we watched those those three games, I mean, did any of those teams really look dangerous? Colorado, Colorado, yeah, yeah. All right, well, good. I'm glad we all are in agreement that one of them looked dangerous. That's clearly what I meant. Colorado is the one who uh, gave me the most angst there, but I still had confidence that Vegas was going to take the top seed. Just the way they came into their training camp and the way they acted and talked about everything, they just seemed like they were all about business. Based on how the games played out, I actually thought the Colorado game was the least – worrisome as the games were playing obviously dallas are going into the third period down two somehow we turned dallas who can't score again into somebody that had three goals against us was kind of a little uh depressing after the round robin played out and then when you start looking at the st louis game we were down multiple goals in that game i agree on paper the colorado team is the most dangerous and probably the most scary but that game actually played out the easiest for us we were tied or ahead the entire time never had a lead well, if if you watch actually watch the uh, the games though, like Dallas, I feel like we came out Dallas really weak. Like the first two periods was not the best the Golden Knights have played in in the uh, in 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 this whole round robin thing thing. But the, and the, during the third period, they just dominated. It w- it was all Golden Knights during the third period, and that's I felt like that's the switch happened. And then since then, the Golden Knights has like dominated. Well, the Colorado game is a little bit more even, like play-wise, in the score. But during the St. Louis game, they they scored, but I felt like the Golden Knights was controlling play most of the time. You know, you know? I, I think what was most uh, most encouraging about the way that the the round robin went was that while the first two games were shaky, by by the time the the Colorado game came around, sure they were the hardest opponent, but the 
the play became more consistent for the Golden Knights with, with every passing game. Finally, when Colorado came along, that, that entire game was consistently good hockey from whistle to whistle. Yeah. It really took them a game or two or game and a half to find their sea legs, if you will. But once they did, it was off to the races. Um, I think the St. Louis game was, was a back and forth contest. Even though it ended at six to four, I think that's really when the light went off for them and everything was, was good to go after that. Colorado and Vegas, that was literally, I, I said it earlier, that was like two heavyweight fighters just standing in the ring together and punching each other, trading blows, and the best fighter won, and it was Vegas. Yeah. The, going back to the uh, what you were talking about, AJ, on the uh, when the, the switch flipped, obviously, um, the Dallas game in the third period, but really the St. Louis game to, to touch back and forth. Then, yeah. obviously, they realized as a team that their goalie didn't have it. I mean, we can we can – talk about it or, or, or put around it however we want, but Leonard did right. not have it, or not Leonard, uh, Fleury did not have it that game. He allowed four four goals on 17 shots, so the team came out and uh, did not allow a shot in the third period until three minutes left in the game, so they just dominated that game, and then obviously, as you said, as the game progressed through the next game, got their sea legs, started playing really well, and played really, really well versus, I think, the most difficult team that we'll face up against as the playoffs go on uh, until the, at least the Stanley Cup final, if we get that far. And that's Colorado. Colorado was fantastic. You mean Western yeah. Conference final? They'll be the most difficult team if we get to Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Because if <clears throat> cause Philly also kind of – if we make it to the Stanley Cup finals, Philly looks really, really good. So they're up there too. So Can we uh, <clears throat> real quick just – kind of laugh a little bit about that Colorado game because McKinnon got that penalty for yelling about icing to the ref from the bench. And that right. cost them that game. That's hold on. That's lady being candidate, uh, not candidate Nathan McKinnon to you, sir. Well, he wasn't not nice technically. So <laughs> I doubt that ever got hurt if that was in a regular arena though, too. Yeah. Because, yeah, cause that, that's another uh, thing about having an empty arena. The, the refs can hear everything, you know, so. Yeah, that's a good point. So, we'll see. Yeah, I just uh, thought that was, that was kind of interesting because it was like, huh, well, Marchi scored, right, like, on that uh, on that power play, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was like, kind of funny because it went to OT and it's like, huh, <laughs> Although they they might not have gotten that you know empty or yeah not empty net but they might have might not have gotten that you know minute left goal there with comfort. I thought that game was such a good game though because I don't think either team like was like dominant. It was such an even game, man. It was so fun to watch. There were no no two goal leads. There was no. It was always just tied or or one goal lead. Um, It. It'll be a lot of fun if that if we get to match up with them again. I don't know about fun because that that's gonna give me a heart attack, man. Especially <laughs> and especially if it goes to like a game seven or an elimination game. Yeah. My God, that's 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 gonna be nuts. Because so, Colorado playoff hockey, baby, playoff yeah. hockey. But <laughs> the, the glorious fair. news is that Max Pacioretty comes back tomorrow. Yeah, and. and yeah. The, if you add Max Pacioretty to any of those three games that the Golden Knights played in, I mean, it, I don't know if that if that guarantees an easier path in each game, but 
certainly a much stronger horse than uh, than Nick Cousins or or, or, or Stevenson, Stevenson. As, as good as they were. Yeah, you know, you know what they say, right? Like they say, it's not even our final form. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just going to balance things out pretty well. Spe- speaking of that spot, though, the the left wing, because I what I noticed in the Colorado game here, I think it was midway through the second period. It they put Tuck in there. It was it was stuck. It's it was stuck up there, and he and you saw he was really good. And Tuck well, is on a mission right now. Man. What I think they're trying to do, I think they're trying to get Tuck to play with Stone because if you look at the overtime, it was Tuck and Stone on the ice with Martinez. So yeah. I think they're trying to get the speed of Tuck to play with Stone, and that's what they did halfway through the game in Colorado and then into the overtime, and obviously it worked out in overtime. And, it, and it's crazy because we talk about this all the time. Is uh, Throughout the year with Turk, he played Tuck on his off wing. Well, he played on his off wing last night, and he played really well. Yeah. So, but I it's mean, also not well, it, it's not with Co- the damn puck. Yeah, it's it, it wasn't with Cody Eakin, so <laughs> that kind of helps. Exactly. That's key <laughs> in my in my opinion. That's addition by subtraction. Yeah. Did Eakin end up getting a single point in the playoffs? Uh, I don't know. I can look that up. Well, you guys, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't think so. But maybe off of an assist or something. I'm not. I don't think so though. Um, uh, seven games. I'm sure he at least had one. Had five. It was five. Well, wait, four games. Yeah, they did. They, they did four games. Yeah, they, in the playoffs. Well, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, were you talking uh, about regular season, Dave? No, in the playoffs. No, I was oh. talking about last year's seven game series. Oh, oh last games too. Oh. Oh. Oh well. Oh, this year Cody no, I, did not yeah. get a point this season. This yeah, season with the Jets. That's what, that's what four. I was thinking. Yeah, oh, it's minus four. Swing Cash and a miss. Hometown hero. Yeah. <laughs> so, can we real quick focus on the? Uh, well, first of all, does White Cloud the, these round robin games that do they count as points in the postseason? Like, so yes, yes they do. Game. Yes. Because White Cloud got his goal, which was great. First of his oh, career. Boy. Yeah, first of his career too. Yeah, and uh, I talked about this last ba- uh, last podcast where I was really impressed by White Cloud. I kind of gave him, and then he's just kind of really reassuring because I thought he was great during the round robin. Yeah, he's been pretty steady and pretty impressive. Uh, I was on the After Hours podcast last night, and they were talking him up too. Oh yeah. Oh really? Yes, um, they were. Pete DeBoer mentioned before everything started that he had taken the next step in his development, and it's hard to listen to that sort of sentiment and not think, okay, he's just trying to pump the tires of his player. And hey, I have no problem with that. But once they actually dropped the puck, you could tell that he actually did take a next step in his development. It's exciting to see. I'm Lakota Sioux. He's Dakota Sioux. I think he's the only Native American Sioux player in the league. So uh, on a personal level, it was super cool to see him get his first goal in the playoffs. And it's pretty interesting, man. I thought Nick Hague was going to be a lock for the rest of the season, and that's one of the many uh, butterfly effects that moving on from Gallant to Pete DeBoer has made. It's been great. But you, speaking of Hague, though, he is like a few years younger than White Cloud, so don't like, like. Oh yeah. Listening to this, and then you you think Hague is going to be like, oh, White Cloud just took over. No, he, Hague right. still has a lot, a lot of time to go. Well, I think White Cloud's got the higher floor. Hague has the higher ceiling, ultimately. Yes. But yeah, either way, it's really exciting to see a lot of these young players really take the next step in their own way uh, yeah. at just the right time of the year, no less. 
Yeah. That, that smile on his face after he scored yesterday was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 definitely did well. I think uh, two points on the the break. What are for uh for White Cloud? The break really has helped these young players being able to have four months. A lot of it in Vegas. He wasn't necessarily with the coaching staff the entire time, but he was in Vegas skating a lot, so that really helped him. The other thing, that, to AJ's point on the coach speak, he led the team in shorthanded time on ice during the three uh, round-robin games. So he is trusted in the, the most difficult situation, so he has really taken that step. A, ca uh, a, a caveat to that, though, is the, the player who normally leads it had two really big yeah. uh, penalties, which is McNabb. So that kind of, because what I've noticed, it, it, it like the first, the, the first pair defensive pair in the penalty kill is now McNabb and White Cloud actually. So that that really kind of speaks a lot to White Cloud, and he yeah. plays really physically too. And for a person named White Cloud, you'd expect him to be soft, but he's not. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, <laughs> how about that flurry, uh, flurry versus Leonard thing? The <laughs> flurry versus Leonard, we just want to hit him hard right away. Yep. Is there any universe where Flurry actually is the starter for the, for this series? I mean, I understand they're gonna they're gonna switch on and off, but is that, there anyone in this fan base that actually thinks that Flurry objectively played better than than Leonard the last four games? Yes. Oh, Eric, talk about yes. your poll that you put out. Yeah, I, I find objectively. Yeah, that's yeah, really I, what it comes I, down to. I don't think there's any objectivity that thinks that he played better. Obviously, I mean, there are people that do, man, yeah. and, and those people care more about loyalty. That's not objectively. You have to understand the term. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. I'm missing the key word here that, that Jack asked. No. Um, obviously, I mean, Flurry had a terrible game, allowed four goals on uh, 17 shots. Now, the um, goal saved above average, that only included that game. That did not include the uh, exhibition game because it wasn't considered in stats. So he was a negative 2.37. So obviously, um, an average goalie would have saved two goals better than him. Whereas um, Leonard saved above his by almost a goal, 0.7 something. So, Jack, to your point, I honestly think, given how the schedule just came out, I think Flurry starts game one. There's a back-to-back -back in there. I think they're just going to rotate through for at least the first four games and see from there. Because they have a back-to-back -back on games three and four. So I think they're playing both of them. And they're, they're all – quick games because the turnaround game from the night game on Tuesday night to the afternoon game on Thursday, I don't think you're starting the same goalie. So I think round one, given the tight schedule, I think they just go pure rotation and I could see flurry given the fact that it's his spot next. He's getting that start. I don't agree with it. I think it should be three or four games to one Leonard or flurry, but I could just see flurry getting game one. Well, if if, Pete, yeah. if you're Pete DeBoer today, do you do you consider it all that Leonard is coming out of Chicago uh, and knows those shooters better than just about anyone? I, I think knows those shooters and has a lot of I don't want to call it animosity, but you can tell the way he's tweeting and the way he he's he's going back at Chicago, whether it be beat writers or fans or whatever, just laughing about the stuff that they're saying about him. He wants that series. You could tell. He wants to, to be able to beat and eliminate Chicago. So if it were me, absolutely, Leonard starting game one. And a lot of people are making the point, DeBoer has no loyalty to Flurry, which is good, given the fact how they both played. So I would love it to be Leonard. I just think 
at the end of the day, it's going to be flurry to start. I hope I'm wrong. Does anyone else get the sense that Leonard is doing more than just playing to win a cup this year, that he's actually playing for a spot on this particular team that he sees a future in Vegas and isn't really afraid to either forces his salary in in place of someone else or force himself really just in the spot of flurry. So, so I, I see him wanting, I could see him wanting to stay, but exactly what Eric just said, how's it going to happen? So I have a quick theory on it. So <laughs> one, one year bridge contract to figure it out after Stassi's contract expires. Yeah. No, uh, speaking of Stassi though, I don't want to, I feel like Make you're it, but uh, he's been invisible, man. So, but no, I'm well, just yeah. But but this 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 goal whole goal thing. I everybody wants to keep Leonard, man. It's everybody knows. People when he was in Chicago, the Chicago fans wanted to keep Leonard. It's just that like like what Eric said. It's it's the how. It do yeah, the we, math doesn't work. Yeah, do we do we trade Stastny to make room? Do we do we uh like well, not he's got sign room for trades too? Where like yeah. people don't have a no movement clause. That's the other thing is you you start looking at all the teams that actually have cap space with this flat cap, um, and most of them are the same teams that most players have on their their no movement clauses. Yeah, it's it's yeah. tough, man. It's tough. Like it, it, so. Then let me pose a, a second question. Where does Cody Glass fit into this lineup if we don't move someone out in the forward core uh, this summer? I think for sure he moves to 3C. So everybody's really, really high on Nick Waugh right now. And I get it. Nick Waugh, good young player, big, physical, all the things. I think he is your prototypical fourth liner that can play physical or can play with some skill, especially with Carrier on, on, his, on his left, where I think then Cody Glass – is going to slide into that 3C position. Now, Jack, you and I have kind of talked a little bit on Twitter about whether that means Stevenson or Cousins goes somewhere. I don't see how they all – they can't bring the same roster back because Glass – you have to have somebody on an entry-level contract, especially on a flat cap, if you're trying to do some different things. So I, I could see Cousins or Stevenson moving on, unfortunately, given Glass coming up. I still don't see how all of that ties to, to Leonard being able to come back. I just – we talked about it a little bit, and Jack and AJ, uh, I would love to get your guys' thoughts on this because the group kind of talked about this. It's best and worst-case scenario. Leonard could lead this team to a Stanley Cup. Best-case scenario, we win a cup, there's a parade, everybody's happy, yeah, rah, rah. I don't know cup. about the parade, though, because, you know. Yeah. God damn it. But <laughs> that means that he won a cup here – you can't pay him three million dollars or anything, and you. How do you? What do you move on from from Flurry? Is anybody taking seven million dollars for two more years? I would love to hear your guys's thoughts yeah. on on how this goalie thing could possibly work out. Yeah, uh, you know, I think you made a lot of really good points. That you know, sure, we we've talked about moving Stastny because uh, Cody Glass could potentially fill in as a center between uh, Marcheseau and Smith. That that seems to be the. The, the flavor of the week on, on Twitter. But uh, as a lot of people have pointed out, Stastny has some trade protection in his contract. And if he chooses to use trade protection to keep himself from going to any of the seven to 14 teams that could potentially take his contract on, that really ha hamstrings Vegas. Um, and similarly, if 
you try to move on from, uh, or if you don't move on from, from Stastny rather, you really don't have a solid place for Glass to go. I don't think that you can separate Wah and Tuck given the chemistry they've shown so far. Um, and, and so I think it's a really difficult position. I think that there may be an appetite to move one of the wingers that you know, people may not otherwise want to move. Uh, I think Marcia so might be a pretty good candidate there. He's on a relatively cheap deal, 5 million bucks. Um, and there are a lot of teams in this league that would love to have Marcia. So, and he doesn't have the same degree of trade protection that Stassi does. At least I don't think that he does. Um, and so if, if I'm the golden Knights and I know that I've got a Jack Dugan, a Lucas L Venice, a Peyton Krebs and a Cody glass all knocking on the door. And you've seen Stevenson cousins, uh, and while I'll really take a step forward, I, I think there's, there's no choice for this team other than to move one of the top six forwards uh, to make room for Cody Glass and then ultimately make room for, uh, for Leonard. Uh, I kind of agree with that. I can see where you're coming from. I have one question, though, but how many games did Glass and Tuck play together and, but they were both centered by Cody Eakin? Right. Oh, no, no doubt about it that Cody Glass had a bad year and Tuck had a bad year in large part because the player that they each played with most was Cody Eakin. There's no question about that. Um, the question is, does where does Cody Glass fit back into this lineup? I've heard 3C. I don't see how he can be a 3C uh, unless Glass slides over, or excuse me, uh, Wass slides over to that left wing and it's a third line of, of Wah, Glass, and Tuck. I think Waz, you're better 4C, and you keep Stevenson for the speed. Glass, Stevenson, and Tuck on a wing would be a lot of fun. Stevenson on the left, Glass on the right, or uh, Tuck on the right. 4, 4C for Wa. Um, the thing, the only thing I don't love about trying to move Marshy is this team only has two snipers. And that's the, the number one thing Vegas just struggles with. We struggle with finish. We can dominate play we can dominate possession all those things but we struggle with finish if you start trading one of the only other players that has that elite finish that that elite sniper ability of, of marcia show it kind of hamstrings you moving forward if if the, that kind of makes sense totally agreed on that end totally agreed ultimately i think, I think Leonard. just to go back a little bit Leonard is playing for a contract. He just wants something long-term. I'm pretty sure he just wants stability for a lot of reasons at this stage of his career and his life and his battle with mental illness. I think stability would, would lend a lot of positivity on that note. So whether he's trying to stay in Vegas or not, you know, I guess you can make an argument for, but I think ultimately the bottom line is he just wants a contract. So he's definitely bringing it again. Uh, I'm pretty sure since he's been traded, he hasn't lost a single start since he's been with Vegas. Nope. Uh, correct me on that. Nope. No, okay. Not. So at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's already been proven that this front office really doesn't give a damn about the fans' feelings. Um, so if it if it means a cup or multiple cups, Leonard will be a Golden Knight. And I'll, how that happens, you know, we can come up with a million situations. As far as Glass's place on the team, I mean, do you have to force him into the lineup? I mean, 
You're breaking. I'm my not heart. saying he was a terrible player, but at the same time, he got bullied the entire year. So until I could see that change, unless yeah, I well, mean, how, how can you see it change if you don't play him? I, I think well, you guys I just mean, witnessed gaining the... weight in the off season is how it changes. I, he's, ultimately. He actually is already gaining. He's about closer to 200 pounds now, I believe. He's a little. Right. He's big, bigger now. AJ, there's yeah, two things, which there's is needed. things I want to say about that. I think um, – so you, if you looked at his beginning of the year, he played nine games as center. Now, he was playing with two of the best players on the team. He was playing with Pastor Eddie and Stone. But in those nine games, he had six points. So he looked like he belonged. Now, though, they, turned, they turned Chandler Stevenson into a first-line center as well. So I get a little bit of that. You have to take a little bit of grain of salt. But he looked like he belonged. And then he got moved to his wing – and he'd never played wing playing with Cody Eakin looked terrible so do you force him into the lineup I don't think it's a force I think if you put actual talented players next to him he will do really really well if you look he had one of the best ever rookie AHL playoff runs of any player he was top five when it comes to points for a rookie so I don't think he got bullied because he was in a position he wasn't used to playing and yes he was a rookie in a man's sport so that's fair and, and so I, I, I have two. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was I was just gonna say that I actually like right before the tournament, like this whole round robin tournament happened. I actually watch a lot of the condensed games on YouTube for the Golden Knights, like from start to. I watched all of them because I I don't have a life. I watched nice. all the Golden Knights. Games <laughs> it's from, called research. Like, yeah, it's called yeah. honing your and, craft. And, and every I Cody, I've seen so many plays by Cody Glass. That's a like really great setup, only to yeah. go to Cody Eakin and, and or it was either Cody Eakin, Brandon Peary, or or so, someone like that, and they just don't finish, and it was just a wasted, right. great play yeah. by Cody Glass. His, his vision is just time. great. Yeah, it happens all the time. I think yeah, Cody Glass is side of his head. <laughs> yeah, I think Cody Glass is ready for the NHL. He, he just needs, uh, not like a little bit more help. Than just Cody Eakin, sure. you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's, absolutely. It's yeah. His and this losing camp is basically this is what I was arguing at the beginning of the year that you know once he got moved out of his position, it, it, it just brought him down. And I don't think you should ever do that to a rookie kid. Let a rookie come in with his natural position, learn the game that way, and then as he gains more experience, then put him off position if they need to. Especially since we knew that Cody Glass was the golden child of McPhee, if you will. Because when the Eric Carlson trade rumors were uh, swirling in Vegas, uh, they mentioned Ottawa wanted Cody Glass in return, and McPhee absolutely refused. So at that point, you have to imagine that he uh, views Glass as a center. So it was a little bit strange that Gallant seemingly tried to shoehorn him into the lineup at the time anyway, uh, at wing, yet guys like Tatar were just left on the bench. But nonetheless, I have two questions for you guys. Two questions. I think it's pretty pretty much assumed that everyone agrees if we had to choose between the two, we would re-sign Stevenson uh, over Cousins. Is that fair? Oh, Let me man. take the Cousin, pulse of the room. Listen, Cousins has been so good this round, Rob. He has. Yeah. He's been amazing. I'm not going to lie to you. That yeah. – that, we were gushing about Stevenson Watuck during the tra- during training camp, but the Cousins Watuck line, I, 
uh, except for except against Dallas, because Dal- the first two period of Dallas was really really bad. They're They've defensively really- stout, but I think the whole team yeah. just suffered from lag but in that game. In I thought I th- I think the Stevenson Watuck has really good chemistry. So and, much speed. Yeah. So and, much speed. And I think I think Stevenson leads the uh, leads the team in primary assists right now on in during the playoffs with three. Huh? Yeah. So- I'm I'm just gonna cut in here real quick. I don't think that we I I think out of both players, Stevenson probably wants to stay and sign a contract here more than Cousins probably does. Cousins can probably get a pretty substantial raise. Like we were saying, um, Eric, what was the site that was quoting that that sh- he should be getting around three million? Evolving Wild, one of the one of the great sites out there. They do yes. uh, contract projections, and they are within ninety five. I mean, they are phenomenal year in and year out. I have no idea how they're so good. They have Stevenson signing a, I think, two or three year deal at like one point five. I mean, it's not a very big big deal about anything. They have Cousins signing a three year, three million dollar a year deal. Like they have Cousins signing at a large number, which is fairly surprising to me. Given the fact that he's coming off three straight $1 million years. So that's a big raise for him. Do you think it's a different cousin of yours? (laughs) Go home, Carlo. You're drunk. (laughs) Jokes on you. I'm already home. (laughs) (laughs) So actually, I guess that brings up another question is, which of those players has more trade value at the draft? And maybe that's how you decide who you keep. Do you move? I mean – any of them really we we raised the value on all of those players in my yeah opinion. that is true yeah. like especially cousins we we paid a fourth we could probably get a third back at, at least and um, if we can get a fourth a- for cody eakin we can get something for stevenson <laughs> exactly. I so yeah, yeah. Uh, i i would not i would not be blown away if at the draft you could move one of those two players for either a late second or a high third yeah i'd be fine with that yeah oh man did it well, did I say Stevenson or did I say, say Cousins? Because I meant Cousins. Either. Uh, well, I, I mean, I mean the, the guy who led the lead, who leads the team in primary assists. It's Cousins. I right, let Eric speak. So counterpoint, we trade Reeves. No, we just signed him, man. He he or, Reeves already said he's gonna win to Art Ross next season. So <laughs> we can't trade him that. Can't trade an Art Ross winner. It's a good Eric, problem did- to have, though. It, it is a good problem to have. On a flat cap going into next year, having a young RFA, so player control, our team controlled player that is going to be able to play up in your lineup. So to, to uh, Andrew's point, we have raised the value of those. So it's a good problem to have looking, how do you get these next players in? So Jack, Jack was talking earlier about um, Jack Dugan or Lucas Alvina. It's nice to have those players there. Now you just have to clear the space for them. And that's, that's I think the more I look at it, Unless they win a cup, obviously, and want to bring the whole team back, then you never know. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's let's move on a little bit here. So we talked about goaltending. We talked about some of these interesting roster issues that we're going to run into, which are all awesome problems to have. Um, and But we didn't really talk about who's going to sit when Patches is back here. Do you think it's going to be Wah? Do you think it's going to be Noshek, somebody else? I think we talked about There's that. no way you can sit Wah. There's no way. Yeah, it's it's no sick. It's yeah. it has to be no sick. And we already talked about this since since Stevenson and uh, Cousins played really well where they're at right now. We're gonna put patches on four C, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
<laughs> no, I, I kind of flipped back and forth on this. Earlier, I was thinking, no, they're, they're going to set Wah because Nilsic has more experience. But this the way that Wah's been playing. I'm not sure you can set him. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think Nilsic's on his way out. I, I, I think that's a, yeah. a slam dunk. I mean, if you're, if you're Nilsic, where do, you, where do you even see your spot as anything other than 13th like that, forward? Yeah. I mean, if he wants to be the 13th forward and get – get paid for like a million maybe for like a two, right. two year one million yeah, but when there's contract. prospects that are cheaper than a million that's not even valuable for vegas they're going to move on from him yeah, yeah he, he might even who knows find a, but, somebody offer him a little bit more than what yeah don't offer him here and he'll just take it yeah, yeah. But right. pro, here's the thing about prospects the prospects are not the best option for your 13th forward you, although although uh, we do have them in Henderson now, so it's much easier for them to call up. Uh, yeah, as a, that's what I was thinking is because they're close but, now, and it's but not it's, Wah taking 500 flights in a single year. But it is, it, 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 it is beneficial for the team to have that veteran 13th forward, though. You know, to have that kind of little safety net that, that they know what they're getting. Because prospect, you still don't know what, how they're going to translate into NHL. It, you have no check to know because you know what he can do in the NHL. As a thirteenth forward, yeah, you know, so I yeah. wouldn't rule it. I wouldn't rule uh, rule it out if he comes back. I think, but I think he like I have a feeling he is on his way out, but I wouldn't rule rule it out. Yeah, I mean, well, while we're on that subject, real quick, because we do have some time. Um, what about Merrill and Ango? I, I don't think either of those guys are coming back. I don't Engo, see either. Ango for sure not not coming back. Coach of the Henderson Silver Knights. <laughs> I see that. Assistant, maybe. Assistant, no. yeah. I was gonna say head coach. <laughs> well, no, it's not yet. listen, man. It's vacant. We don't have we don't have a coach yet. I don't think they have any assistant coaches either. It's gonna be Gerard Gohan. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Uh, imagine yeah. if that actually he would never do that. But imagine. <laughs> Just to wrap the, the Nosek versus Wah thing. Wah had a much worse game against Dallas than Nosek did. And they were pretty comparable throughout. Nozick had a little bit better game uh, against Colorado. Uh, Wah had a little bit better game versus St. Louis. Um, I uh, think Wah it just comes down to what, what they want to – Wah has a higher ceiling, through. though. Yeah. But I think it's, it's not just about the higher ceiling. You're, you're, you're in a playoff series. High, higher ceiling, cool, that's regular season. Right now, yeah. it's, it's who's going to help you win the game, who's going to make less mistakes, and who – I think a lot of it has to do with where do they want to play Cousins. Do well, that's what I was just going to say, yeah. because want to play Cousins at, at center somewhere? Do they want to play him center of fourth line? Do they think Waugh can play on that fourth line better than Nosek has just played? Because that fourth line was, was the only line that wasn't messed with in that Dallas game and it hasn't been messed with the entire time. So maybe they want to keep Cousins, Stasny – or not Stasny, Cousins, um, Stevenson, and Tuck together and just leave Nosek and leave that fourth line alone. So I don't think it's just – what no sick or why i think you have to look at a couple different things speaking of that dallas oh go ahead sorry i was just gonna say let's go around the room here and analyze the what uh no sick and wall offer against each other let's juxtapose them i think no sick's better at the uh the battles in the corners digging up loose pucks the dirty work stuff like that but otherwise i think wall has the advantage in almost everything else but i'd definitely be interested in hearing your guys' I, thoughts on I that? I think Nosek is a little bit more defensively responsible than Wall. So okay, all right, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, by the way, before I go any further, and this isn't great for the podcast, but I just want to point out: every time I talk, Andrew's picture comes up. 
So the AJ identification problems continue. It's great. It's great. <laughs> well, that's awesome. <laughs> um, on the uh, on the Nosek versus Walk thing, I think the more defensively responsible. They've both been on the team for three games. Your first pair for penalty killing across the board when it came to forwards was Stevenson and Wah. Yeah. So I think the coaches view Wah in the game. Wah's on the ice. It wasn't Nosek on the ice. So I think when it comes to that, Wah gets it is the that's favorite true. in that regard. So um, obviously he has more offensive talent. Obviously he's quicker. So I think it makes sense. It's just where do you now put Cousins when when Stevenson – or not Stevenson – or where do you put Stevenson or Cousins when Patrick. Patrick's back? Yeah, so. Not when, because he is back. Well, it's still when, Carlo, because, you know, he's like, back. They haven't confirmed for game one yet. Listen, so, Andrew, I'm tired of you looking at time as sort of this straight-line continuum. Can you get on board <laughs> with this? Time is a construct. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but, no, I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills – in what universe is Nosek better than Wah in any category? I'm, I mean, I, I don't other, see it anymore. Other than quality of nose, I don't see it. <laughs> well, he, has, he, has, he has more beautiful babies, by the way. He's, he's, and he's getting another one. Beautiful babies sounds like, a, sounds like an oxymoron, in my opinion, but I'll just leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, if, if, they do, if they do have a race, no shake my might win by the nose. So, <laughs> but, um, but, I, but I think if you go back to all training camp, Nosik was the the thirteenth forward. So I think we yeah. have our answer. I think we're probably just thinking it through a little bit too much. Nosik yeah. played well, which is awesome because you know if this team's gonna go deep, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a time for him to play, whether it be because of a back to back or somebody banged up. I, there's gonna be something. And fair. The one other point on the round robin, the most important thing out of it, no nagging injuries, no anything. We got yeah. the number one yes. seed. We did it without our our top goal score, top point score, and nobody even missed a shift. Everybody was great, so that is the uh, most important thing. But how I tight did everyone's butt clench when Carlson took that yes. stinger? Oh, my God. Oh, uh, when he yeah. limped off and then came back to kill the rest of that penalty, the, uh, my my heart sank, my heart rose. I, I may still be dead. But uh, going back to the uh, <laughs> the the fourth line center, like I think the question here now is, are you going to put Cousins back in the fourth line center with the way he's been playing, or do you put Y in there? Because like like we were saying earlier, Cousins has been great. Yeah, but I think he's also more responsible than Wah and a little bit more matured in his game, so it might be a little bit safer to put him with Reeves and Carrier, but well, I, I don't know. But uh, speaking of Carrier, though, because I thought Carrier has been amazing. The between the legs goal was awesome. <laughs> like In that Dallas game, I thought he was probably one of our best skaters. Like, everybody else was shit. Carrier was getting opportunities after opportunities, and he, finally, and he finally got rewarded by that crazy, like, Behind yeah, the legs. We used to say yeah. he couldn't finish until, you know, he put one right between his legs. Yeah, it's like the best goal of his career. <laughs> and he he hits everything in sight while not actually committing any penalties. It's, yeah, that's it's great. Yeah. He, literally, he literally just mows people down, like, the entire game. You'll just see him, like, breeze by somebody, hit him, and then just keep going, and the other person's, like, dead on the ice. Did it, didn't we extend him, right? We extended him yeah. just recently, yep. right? Okay. Had good. a league minimum Ooh. deal. Yeah, freaking incredible, amazing. incredible. I'm so happy. I I love Kerry. He's a perfect fourth line, right? Like winger. 
I love him. It's but to, to, to answer your question, I don't see I, I don't see how you could possibly take Wah off the third line given the chemistry he's shown with Tuck. I, I don't care if it has nothing to do with if Wah has nothing to do with Tuck's production. As long as Tuck is producing, don't change anything around him. So on one point, Jack, I would like to just kind of be play devil's advocate on that. So you you mentioned it twice now. Their their production together or their chemistry together. First game, they got completely mixed up. They they were the worst line and they got completely jumbled around, so they didn't play together anymore. Third game, halfway through the game, they moved them up to play with somebody else. So I don't. I haven't seen the chemistry that you're speaking of to where you couldn't move Wah off of there. Because for more than half of the round robin games, they didn't play together. Yeah, and, and, I, and I hear what you're saying. What I, what I saw developing between them, what I'm, what I'm talking about goes further than what they were able to do in terms of production. It, what I saw was chemistry developing. I think he shook the lines up for the purposes of chemistry in that particular game because – uh, he just needed to shake things up, but he kept going back to that formation, and I think there's a reason for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the best thing is that we're all sitting here, you know, talking about all of these different positions, and what an awesome problem to have. <laughs> like, That's so I'm so happy about, like, how this team has shaped up to be, like, at this point in time. Like, you know, I, I posted the, that tweet on, on uh, out there the other day with the whole meme about uh, Paul Rudd saying, like, look at us, who would have thought? Because, like, you know, going back and looking at where we were with Turk, like, you know, halfway through the season at the All-Star break, I'm like, I don't – I didn't have a ton of confidence in the way this team was trending. And then to have that whole, like, absolute surprise of getting DeBoer and then having the roster shake into what we have today, especially with, like, Leonard and, and Cousins and Martinez, like, holy crap. They did, they did some good work trying to make this a full-on contender this season for sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I was saying to a couple other uh... – podcast that I've been on that this team is reminding me of the 97 Wings team that won the cup, the one that uh, before it became like the super all-star team they were in 2002. You got the four balanced lines, you got some depth there, you got two decent goaltenders, and you got a defensive system that's working. The, the, speak my language there. Speaking of the first year I started watching hockey right there was the that team. Incredible and, team. Andrew, go, going back to what you were saying, that when they made that change with Gallant early, at least just before it, I kept having this feeling of, if not now, then when? If yep. this wasn't the team that was going to do it, then then where was the Golden Knights team that would actually go over the, over the top? And I think making that change was what turned this year into that when. In the day before they changed the coaches, I, I put out a, tw uh, a text to the group chat that the four of us on the, the weekly night we have together. And I'm like, do you guys think this, this is a coaching issue? And I don't think anybody really wanted to be like, yeah, fuck Turk. But like, we were all felt it. Like, we definitely all felt it. But like, yeah. And then the next morning, I remember like getting like 50 text messages all at once. Like, oh my God, did you see that news? But anyways, I, I digress. Um, but yeah, like, like you guys said, like, I just – I didn't see where the team was going until, like, this happened now. And then to see where we are and see how they're playing, and they want this more than anybody. You can tell the way that they're playing and the way they train, the way they went to camp in particular. They they stayed in Vegas. They want this. They they have, a, a you know, a, an issue from how last season ended, and they're trying to settle it this season. Yeah, they got a mission to finish, that's for sure. So, yeah, I mean, just to put – to talk about the, the Turk thing a little bit, he was never going to be the long-term coach. 
He was the coach that was going to come in, going to get people to rally around each other and play well and compete hard. Then play hard, work hard, compete hard. And then they were going to move on, and then they were going to get somebody else. So they got their somebody else. At this point, you don't go and trade a first, a second, a third for Tatar. You don't go and trade Brandstrom and a, and a second for Stone. You don't go trade Suzuki and a second and Tatar for Pacioretty and then just let them continue to, to be a bad underperforming team. At some point, the GMs had to do make the move. I We talked about it at the beginning. I've always been on board. I thought it was a fantastic move. I thought it was the right move at the time. I, I get the loyalty thing, but at some point – you're not here to be liked. You're here to win games. Yep. Yep. And again, that's why I really don't think they'll have any problem with the Leonard slash Flurry situation. Should you know the starting goalie spot go to Leonard over the course of the playoffs and they win a cup? Yep. Again, it's never been about fans because look, this fan base is in. All right. You know, regardless of whether you're a hardcore fan or just a casual that loves to cheer the team on, the fans are in. So the results are what matter at the end of the day. And I think it really doesn't matter as far as that goes. Yeah. yeah they're not going to lose any fans if they win the cup. They're not going to worry about, you know, Flurry not playing or this person not playing. All they're going to see is that big silver chalice. It's like, hey, we won. And that's all they're going to worry about. And if right. we team does happen to lose people well then they weren't true hockey fans in the first place but yeah i said it after after um turk got fired said they wouldn't go to games or weren't going to cheer i was at the very first game after what and the first time the gold man scored guess what happened the place went fucking crazy and everybody cheered and guess what is there anybody out there other than the random one person that says oh i still miss turk there's hardly anybody. Nobody gives two shits that Turk is no longer there. Everybody cares that this team just got the one seed and is a Stanley Cup contender. They don't give two fucks about Turk not being there anymore. Well, you guys saw the stat that I put out on the uh, Vegas Nightly account, right, uh, on the record since uh, Pete DeVore has been a coach, and I added in the last few games from uh, the round robin. I think it was 18-5-2 versus, like, a sub-500 win record um, with Turk. And, and, you know, Eric extrapolated it out into, like <laughs> – points on an 82 game season and it was 123 points for DeBoer versus 90 points for Turk like holy crap wow and as all we all know this is still a business yes it's fun for all of us to go and watch games and watch this team but it's still a business and their business is to win yep and if it wasn't a business Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee are two men that have never won a cup and I guarantee they are more interested in winning a cup for themselves than they are about keeping fans happy with Fleury being in net or their favorite player still skating with the team. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, it, it doesn't make any sense. And, and you know what, like, like Dave was saying, the biggest thing is that we, we have, we do have some fans that are very, very, very emotional about everything that happened in year one. And they want to hang on to that feeling, that sentiment. But, you know, as you become more and more of a, a, a longer term fan of the team and of hockey overall, you start to learn that that's just not how it's going to work. But I mean, you know, we'll, we'll have some parts of that original year one roster for a few more years at the very minimum. But, you know, you, everybody I mean, moves on. Everybody has to. Yeah, Carlson signed for eight years. So Carlson, Theo, I mean, you're you're going to have those people. I honestly think they extend Smith when his deal's up. Smith is such a perfect player for this team. I have no yeah. idea how the hell Florida wanted to trade Smith and Marshall. So, but let's not get into that. <laughs> it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. 
Smith has like become just one of my favorite players. He's just I have no idea how he's fucking so good. Five million dollars for a sixty point player? That's a that's an overpay if I've ever seen one. <laughs> and he does everything right too. He does everything right. Yep. Everything. Yep. Well, let's not bring up Smith on penalty kill again. <laughs> um, well, shit, I just did, didn't I? Anyways, oh, moving on. It's your, your fault. <laughs> so let's let's touch on some of the uh, the overall seeding because uh, you know how it shook up was that obviously Vegas got first seed. And because we got first seed, it kind of pushed everybody else's expectations down. So was there any surprises in the West for any of you guys on here? I think for me, it was St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, we were just talking about the uh, – Eric's not very happy with me about this uh, <laughs> take, but I am not impressed with the Blues. And I am, like, not worried about them as much as I am worried with Colorado. Uh, I, I, like- I still think they didn't take the round-robin – that seriously because they know they're going to still be playing, but no, I still expected them to play better. I don't, know, I don't know, man, because you you can tell a lot by bo- uh, body language, and the way every time, like the way, like when you look at them when they're losing, they don't like it, man. It's 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 just like the, it's it's weighing hard on them. I think they are taking it seriously. Like they're just not playing well. I think during the off season they didn't take it seriously. I think that's what happened. I could during during that, that yeah. during that break, so once they got back to the uh, to the play in and the training camp, I think they they weren't just as full force. Well, we know the bees were that way. They were a disaster going into their camp. Half their players never even made the camp. They just had to like all of a sudden go into the bubble because they were all had to quarantine separately from doing dumb stuff. Apparently, too much. My, my point on it was, I wanted St. Louis to win today. If the top four seeds win, then you can avoid St. Louis in the second round. I don't. I didn't want to play St. Louis or Colorado in the second round. I only wanted to have to face those teams once. Now you have to have. A, you have to have Calgary beat Dallas or Vancouver beat Arizona. Uh, Vancouver beat um, St. Louis or Arizona beat Colorado in order to avoid having to play St. Louis or Colorado in the second round. Do do they scare me? Yes, they still do. They're the defending. Uh, Stanley Cup champion. They played all year without their leading goal scorer and best player, Vladimir Tarasenko, and now he's back. Did they show it during the round robin? No, but they're still they still have that pedigree. They still have that Stanley Cup champion pedigree. I don't want to play him in the second round if you don't have to. Yeah, I, St. I Louis. St. Louis strikes me as a team that lives and dies on emotion and to me they look like a team that's lost that that magic of gloria from last year right they don't have that same swagger and last year when they got moving they got hot and stayed hot they've been off for four months like everyone else and they came back ice cold i don't know that they i don't know that they've got enough time to ramp up to survive that next round of the playoffs vancouver's looking hot too so yeah they don't have that gloria moment like right now so and markstrom's playing pretty well so when markstrom's Ma- playing really well and petterson had a slow start to the uh, to the playoffs but i have faith in that kid to really turn it on when it matters i don't know in the playoffs i think the playoffs i i i know there's a lot of different takes out there whether you think the playoffs are a different different time than the regular season i personally do i think it gets called definitely different they allow a lot more physicality 
I think that that kid, because of the physicality of the playoffs, can get shut down a lot easier. Now, he's a stud. Regular season, I'd love to have him, but I don't know how much. I, I, if, if, you, if you've seen pictures of him since he's come back to camp, he came back in a lot better shape than he was in when he started this season. I, th- yeah. I think that he can hold his own a little bit better than, uh, than people might otherwise expect. Yeah. And, and St. Louis isn't – I mean, last year they, they got through. They were a, a, a checking, a, a physical team. So we'll see. I think that's, a, that's an interesting matchup. I thought it was better St. Louis-Calgary, but we'll see what it, uh, what it all works out to be. Should be a lot of fun. I don't have any faith in – personally, I have zero faith in Dallas. I mean, we'll go into this when we do our predictions here, but – Man, like matching up against Calgary with Dallas, I, I don't have any faith in Dallas at all. But to, to kind of for an overall look at the, the round robin, I think a lot of us figured Vegas won. They, we thought they took it seriously. We're also fans. I mean, obviously, we're going to pick Vegas won. Everybody's going to pick Vegas to win in the first round, just move on from life from there. We all get that. But uh, Colorado, too, <laughs> was kind of expected. I think the only big one is the, the St. Louis four instead of three. And then the same thing uh, in the East – where you had Philly coming in, they, they took it seriously. They're playing hot. They're the one seed. Tampa played well. They were just kind of like Colorado. It's very similar to, to what just happened in the West. They, they're the two seed. Um, Washington beat um, Boston today. So you had both number one seeds. You have the, the President's Trophy winning team now is the four seed. That's just wild to me. And then you had upsets that – you would just never see. I mean, you got a 12-5. Montreal had less than a 1% chance of making the playoffs. They traded anybody that was – they traded Cousins to us. They traded uh, Kovalchuk to Washington. And now they make the playoffs and beat beat, uh, beat Pittsburgh. And the same thing happened with Chicago over um, Edmonton. It is a – it was a wild restart. It's showing that the teams that took it more seriously have an opportunity to go deep. But now – Seven games is different than five games. Now I think the the everybody's there. It's been a, been a couple of weeks. Now let's get get down to brass tacks and get going. So in light of that, how great is it to hear things like Mark Stone saying that this is the closest group of guys he's ever played with, or quotes from guys like DeBoer who are saying that this team has passed all of his expectations as far as paying attention for film, just actively being in the moment and actually paying attention because they are driven by that desire. It's, it's great to hear that, even though it's fluff most of the time, let's be honest. But, but here, here's it is the thing. great when it actually matches up with the uh, on-ice product. Here's, the, here's the thing about the, uh, the Mark Stone statement, though, because you got, you got to put that in context because his team right. re- before this was in Ottawa with the Carlson and Hoffman situation. So I don't think they were very – tight-knit group over there i'm just saying you know yeah, the sure. whole the whole kind of they did they did that have have that one year where they went went uh, all the way up to the eastern conference finals so, and i'm not gonna lie to you i don't know what the situation was in their locker room but i just find it because you know the whole carlson he was there during the whole carlson and hoffman thing let's yeah, not forget that he also did a good job of trying he took young players under his yeah. wing. he tried to make teams so I get that. And then age one point on your coach speak on the, um, oh, they came back and exceeded expectations. I think the time that I really took that seriously was day one of camp. They came out and they did a scrimmage day one of camp. And DeBoer spoke after that and said, hey, this team 
we had three different plans depending on where the team was at. And we were able to go beyond what plan three was if they were perfect and they were ready to go. So that team really took it seriously. Well, it was because of the fact that most, almost everybody stayed in Vegas and they all like immediately like would jump on the ice in small groups for practice when they were allowed. Like as soon as that phase opened up, not a lot of other teams like even had their guys, like some of them were out of country, like a huge portion of them went out of country for some teams. So a lot of places just like weren't taking that, you know, getting ready in preparation phase as seriously as Vegas clearly has. And, you know, I pointed that out a little before and it's like the company culture of this team. If it was like a company and there was culture, it would a hundred percent be that all they're doing is being laser focused on winning a cup because they know they're capable of it. Yeah. You got to say a lot of things about team chemistry and this team has it. Yep. And that's the thing is they feel like a huge family. They, they, that's what still feels like the quote unquote misfit part of this team is that they still act like that big family and not all the teams out there do anything remotely yeah, like that. So, like, yeah, look at the team misfit, big yeah. superstars. Those are teams are, uh, those are the teams that like, we know that Mike Mark Stone is absolutely a huge superstar, but he's a humble one and willing to be more of a dad of the team in a way, like a captain. Oh, wait. Well, look, they're expressing themselves when somebody else scores. Well, but then, like, look at, like, you know, the, the teams that have all these superstars, the, you know, the, the Austin Matthews kind of teams or the Connor McDavid's, like, you bet that those guys aren't spending a ton of time with, like, every single player like Mark Stone would. That, that spe- speaking of that, though, because that interview with White Cloud that he shared with White Cloud and the when White Cloud made that did that answer like he was asked about his first goal and then white cloud said something like yeah it was it was great and all but at the end of the day you got to get back to work and you see mark stone's face just gleamed with like a proud dad like it was just and yeah and on that note i mean you've you've seen i mentioned this on the golden knights watch podcast jack um uh plug plug here for you (laughs) (laughs) mentioned it earlier today no but i did mention that you have seen some players move on from Las Vegas and have trouble. We've saw we've saw it with uh, James Neal. Yeah. There are rumors that uh, he talked about how great Vegas was and yeah, how the, great the locker room was, and Calgary got tired of it. Can't stop eventually. gushing. Like, okay. Yeah, can't stop gushing. Right. Can't stop gushing about it. Yeah. And well, not scoring there, didn't help out in Calgary either. Right. Sure. But there are also moments with Eric Halla where you heard whispers of his personality not necessarily getting along with those in the locker room and or the coaching staff. So it is interesting and that... And you have Shipyshev talking about the water slides. <laughs> and of course, since Brendan Leipzig's moved on, oh my he hasn't God. exactly done a great job in life either. So. Oh. Life in general. <laughs> exactly. The whole, the whole organization, top down, has one singular focus. That's being the best team that they can be. They're not going to take any shit, and they're here to win the Stanley Cup. So that's that's good. And they're going to make the the tough decisions to, to make sure it happens. So. And on that note, it really does remind me of the Bowman-led Red Wings of the 90s. And on that note, why don't we move on to our uh... – our predictions here. Carlo, are you going to record, uh, write them down as uh, we go through them? Yes, I have it. Uh, are, are you two willing to uh, join us in this wonderful game we have concocted? Um, uh, I embarrass myself every time we record, so I'm not afraid of doing okay, it here. Perfect. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep our uh, old score from the last round, but I feel like we'll have a different tally starting from the first round if you guys want. Um, because we were thinking of doing this the whole the whole kind of tournament kind of total thing, 
but I'm going to keep track of all the points we had. Uh, let's re I'm going to do a real recap real quick of the points right now because I am in the lead, so I'd like to do a recap. Oh, okay, Ty, Ty, do the lead with Dave. We're okay. all flipping you off, Carlo. So, yeah, for we're all, yeah. For all the listeners, flipping <laughs> them off. So me, me and Dave are tied at nine. Uh, Andrew is on third place with seven. Eric with a six, and uh, Justin, uh, our guest from last week, oh, with a three. This is where you do the uh, wah, wah kind of sound. That was good. That was pretty good. Um, but we we do it. We we're gonna move on to the next round of the, for for the official first round of this playoffs. Yeah, and, so, and just remember, you can hashtag you suck at us. You know. Yeah, you can. Yeah, because we're bad at this. Uh, I, I I do like talking crap because I'm very I'm competitive, but I I can take it if if you tell me I suck, mm-hmm. I can take it. Come on, let's get to yeah. Let's all right. Let's let's start. I got I got the stuff up on the screen here, so we got all the matchups. So why don't we just go by each person and start with the top and just move down to you know. Well, let's go by game by game like last time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh like, oh yeah 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 yeah. But oh, let, I don't know if uh, AJ or Jack knows our point system though, because you get one point for getting the team correctly. And a bonus point if you get the number of games right. Uh, well, since I'm going to get it all right, we'll just let's just jump in. Okay, perfect. All right. <laughs> I was about to say the opposite. There no, you go. Great. There yeah, you go. All right. I think I like we've that. Twitter enough for everybody to figure out how our points worked. <laughs> okay. Got um, it. All right. So let's. We're, this isn't in any particular order. Actually, it's kind of in the order by the seed. Uh, the, yeah, the like, seeding. It goes late. Yeah. Um, the top so, seeding. Yeah. So essentially, this is the six seed versus Boston. So Carolina plays Boston. Uh, you know, let's just start off with with Dave. What, who do you think, and how many many games? Sorry, I was reading something. You said in Boston, Carolina, right? Yeah. Uh, I say I'm going to say Boston in seven. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say because even though Carolina has improved since last year, I think I think Boston is going to break out of their little funk and. They they just they got obviously got that Stanley Cup experience and I trust Boston's goaltending more. Eric, who you got? Uh, Carolina in six. All right, and uh, let's see. How about how about you, uh, AJ? This is tough, but I do think that Carolina wins it in seven. Boston just hasn't flipped the switch yet. They haven't woken up. They're a veteran team, so they they might. They might actually kick out of it, but I, I got to trust my gut here. I struggled with this one, but Carolina in seven. Carolina in uh, seven. How about you, Jack? Carolina in five off of a goal from Vinny Trocek in overtime. Holy shit. Nice. Calling his shot. Oh, man. I, I <laughs> too, have Carolina in six. Uh, I think, like, they're, they're so hot right now. Man, you, you know that gif the, the, from uh, – from, Zoolander, yeah, they're so hot right now. I'm going with Carolina. Boston is the opposite of hot right now, so yeah. And I know where uh, where Andrew's going, so I'm just gonna write that down. Yeah, I'm a. It's my. That's my. <laughs> so, like, it's Boston in seven for me. I I agree with Dave because if Boston does win, and this will be a big if, they're not gonna do it in in any any short amount of time here. They they looked awful. Like they probably looked the worst out of any of the round robin teams by a long shot. But like. It's also Boston. They have crazy good players. So if it just starts clicking sometime during this series, then Carolina's going to be in trouble. Um, moving on. So do we want to just go in the same order, make it easy? So um, 
Just yeah. start off with Dave on the Islanders here, or is Washington? Uh, Washington in five. Okay. How about you, Derek? Eric? I, Islanders in seven. Ooh. All right. Uh, AJ? Washington in five. Okay, now Jack? Washington in five. Carlo? I got Washington in seven. And I have Washington in six. I'm the only one on the Islanders. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. You are the only one of the Islanders. That one's going to be I interesting, was... too, because it's Barry Trotz. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I was actually debating about it. This is, what, this is why I have it in seven, because I think these two teams are uh, kind of close. And I think I think uh, Washington is getting there in the end of their window, I think. When they got the cheat codes. I mean, Barry Trotz has all their cheat codes. Yeah. It's- so, Carlson yeah. hasn't played yet either. Carlson hasn't come back after since the. Uh, oh shoot, that's right. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sticking with Washington. I feel like they, they still they're still the more veteran team though, right. and I feel like New York had it really easy. Their 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 series was really easy. They played Florida. You know, I'm still not that impressed with they, them. They played not great, Bob. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of a team that Bob was on, uh, Columbus versus Tampa. Uh, who do you have, Dave? Uh well, originally I was going to go with Tampa, but with depending on how long Ed, Edmonds out, I'm going to go Columbus in seven. Ooh. I'm also Columbus in seven. All right. AJ? I think they wrap it up in six. Oh. Columbus in four. John Cooper gets fired the next day. Oh. Oh. I like that one. <laughs> uh, I actually, I, see. I, I think, I think, I think Tampa Bay has an extra fire in this, in this series that they really, really, they're not going to let last year happen to them again. And I am picking them in five. Tampa in five? Right. You're wrong, but respect. Just remember Stamkos <laughs> and possibly Hedman are both out. Yeah. Yep. I, but I still think that they're, they, they have this fire that they really want to kind of want. Vasilevsky always gives Plus, you a chance. Bottom yeah. line. Yeah. Plus, plus CBJ just had that really tough series against Toronto. So, I I have Columbus in five personally, but we'll see. That one's that one's one of the ones I'm, where I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, this one, I'm the only one who picked Tampa Bay. All right, well, let's see. Let's see how that. I mean, Tampa really, they're such a good team. They should win, but after the joke of their last postseason, I just I don't trust them to do anything anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair um, enough. So let's do the. Uh, you know, the really interesting outliner of Montreal versus the Flyers. <laughs> so, Dave, take it off. Philly in six, only because Carey Price steals two games. Scary Price. I got Philly in five. All right. Philly in five, again, I think Carey Price steals one game. I really like that observation. But, yeah, this is a buzzsaw. Carey Price decides that he is not going to lose another game in this Eastern Conference playoff and sweeps Philly in four. No way. Okay. I like it. I love it. I love it. Okay. I, 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 as much as I love that, I, I am going with Philly in five. I think this is a mismatch, man. Philly's probably like what, like Vegas, Colorado and Philly, I think are the best three teams in, in the tournament right now. So, yeah. So I I did I said Philly sweeps Montreal because they you know you have Carey Price but they have Carter Hart. So okay. 
I, I still think they could actually do a sweep there. So that's my sweep for this. Carter round. Hart Trophy? <laughs> I, was that, by the way, was that whole picture that I saw online about... Was that, was, it, that was real. Their, their, their caption guy does it all the time. That's hilarious. Like, yeah. I, I respect whoever does all of their, like, marketing social media stuff over in Philly. It's, they got gritty doing amazing, it yeah. all the time. It's hilarious. Um, all right, so let's move to the West real quick here. So... Uh, let's start off with Vancouver playing St. Louis, uh, which I, every time I see STL now in my head, I think Seattle. <laughs> um, so that's going to be confusing when they when they what, what do you think? S E A S E A. It's C. Every 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 team is C. Everybody knows that. Anyways, who do you got, Dave? St. Louis and seven. I got St. Louis and six. I'm going to go ahead and say St. Louis sweeps the series. Oh, Ooh, Vancouver in six. Okay. Uh, I have St. Louis in seven. And I had St. Louis in six. Again, uh, Jack is alone on this. Yeah, that, there might be a little bias there, but keep going. Okay, okay. All right. Jack I like and I are both alone because like, apparently no one has faith in the defending champs. Jeez. I have it in seven because, I, I, like I said, I was not impressed by them. So yeah, I, I said St. Louis in seven. Yeah, I, have I think uh, I think Vancouver played a mediocre team in the Minnesota Mild in the first or the yeah. the uh, qualifying round, and that's what made them look better than what they were. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how wrong I am. Well, this is the year of chaos, so we'll see. Yeah. Well, so just bear. I I just want to th- throw this out in the universe. But first, a brief word from our sponsors. Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. started playing the like, dun, 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 And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, well, screw it. The, 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 the Canucks had a winning record against the Blues this year. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Okay. Okay. By the way, that's where I'm throwing in a uh, probably a quick commercial break. We we have to we promote another one of our podcasts uh, every week when we, and we always just cut it in somewhere random. Do we? So like, I'm do, we this. do we? Do we have to record a commercial for them to promote us? At this? some point, yeah. But we're okay. 
we're too popular now, right? Apparently, we're <laughs> we have a, the highest growth. Anyways, next game. All right, what's well, the next Calgary, game? Calgary, Dallas. Take it away, Dave. Uh, Calgary and seven. Calgary and seven. Dallas and seven. Dallas and six. I got Calgary in six. And I'm with Carlo. I got Calgary in six. I just don't think that – I don't think Dallas has what it takes to beat Calgary. They're – I mean, it's so weird because Dallas doesn't have enough offense to deal with their terrible goaltending and not awesome other parts. <laughs> uh, Vancouver was 2-0-1 this year against uh, St. Louis. St. Louis. Dang. Okay. So, that was that was like eight months ago, man. Who cares? Right. <laughs> Jack was looking for it. The, the Canadians. Thank you, Eric. The, the Canadians got swept. The Canadians got swept by Detroit, and they 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 beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I mean, come on. Mac Janning appreciates it. That's All right. right. <laughs> so Arizona, All right, Colorado. Uh, Colorado over Arizona in six. Hey, six. Colorado in five. Colorado in four. Uh, I also yeah, have it in six tempted. game, but I have Arizona in six. Oh, shit. Woo! I, I actually – I would be very I, interested to see that happen. Here's the thing. I was too conservative last time that I wanted <laughs> – I want the Desert Series, goddammit. I so want it. The swings the other way. It will yeah. happen. Desert Series in round two. I, I had Colorado in six, but I, I honestly would love to see the upset of Arizona in particular. I think it would be hard. Oh, especially for the sake of the Golden Knights' path to the Cup. Yeah, well, and, exactly. and the fact exactly. that they lost their GM the day that they yeah. left for the whole thing. To, to see them go fairly deep would be hilarious. Like, I, I, I wanted to pick Chicago against Edmonton last, uh, la- uh, last uh, round, but I went with my head instead of my heart. Well, you knew so Troll Eric Arizona. and even put it on the board that it's yeah. like Chicago in four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, I was going to say Chicago in four. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you even had it on the actual design. That was my favorite part is technically yeah. you willed that to happen in the universe. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah. Arizona in six. All right. So Dirty her first. All right. Let's, we, let's speed it up so we can get, uh, get through this. I, know I think, I think we all know where this is going. So is anybody saying that Vegas is going to lose this next round? Because if not, we're going to lose survivors. Uh, I, mean, I, I have survivors. I have Vegas in five. It looks like everybody, most people do. What do you guys have, uh, Jack and AJ? I I'd be more willing to believe that Vegas sweeps than Chicago scores more than four goals in the series. <laughs> oh, so you got you got a sweep? Yeah, I got a sweep. All right. All right. Uh, bust out the broomsticks, boys! Bust bust Andrew? out the broomsticks. I got, I got, I got five from Eric, five from Dave, four from Jack, five from AJ, and I have also five for me, and five from other AJ. All right, so everybody has, everybody's gonna just go. I'm gonna change this to six, just, 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 <laughs> just cause, you know, point system, some, some fluke thing. Yeah, some fluke thing. Subban steals a game here or there, you Ooh. know. Yeah. Anyone, th- anyone on the floor want to predict that? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, Does right. anyone want to predict that Subban gets a win if he gets inserted into the series? No, no I'm not. I'm not, I'm not Take a little side bet there. 
No, I'm not gonna out, so he won't come yeah. in. He'll get mop up oh. duty. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. All right. Sweet. So, uh, so we're we're at that uh, end of the uh, end of the podcast time again. So you know what that means for everybody here, right? Uh, there's a there's a major major thing going on. Oh, but real quick, that, let's just talk about the fact that the Blues got to actually use the Cody Egan rule today. Yeah, it, it, it's happened a couple times already. But it was just nice that, that it actually got overturned and turned into a two-minute here yeah. in the playoffs. It was it was fun to see. Yeah, so um, it, it's the Cody Eakin rule. Yeah. yeah, that that was pretty satisfying. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, we're gonna go into our five-minute major news segment where we talk about news from around the NHL in or four points of news from around the NHL in under five minutes. This will never get old, at least for us. Um, so, are we, are we ready, Carlo? We're ready to. Oh, start? do you want me to start? Okay. Uh, first, first subject is uh, Jake Muzzin, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf defenseman. Uh, Brutal-looking injury, man. It was, it, he was down in the ice for like how long was that? And man, it was really scary. It's, I, it, I heard it, a rumor. Somebody on Twitter, I saw. I don't know if this is true, but I saw somebody saying that he was saying out loud that he had like very weak feeling in his legs. Yeah, he had lost feeling. That was said. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they brought the stretcher out. So you could saw you saw him try to get up and try to go, but he was moving his hands and he was trying to move his legs because he had lost feeling and it was a tingly feeling in his in his extremities. So they they absolutely take all precautions at that point, put him on a board and, and get him going. So and thankfully, I heard today that he was actually back in the bubble and skated this morning with him. Yep, that's good. Yeah, can we just agree to? to kind of disagree with certain unnamed commentators mentioning how maybe Muzzin was angling for a penalty by milking the injury a little bit. Can we just say that that is outright bullshit and needs to stop? He's just nothing but a big douchebag anyway. (laughs) Still should be called out, though. But nonetheless, we only have five minutes. And so... um, Speaking of injuries, uh, you know, we were just talking about this earlier, but let's dive into it for just a minute is, you know, Victor Hedman has an injury, which could potentially completely derail any plans Tampa. More like Victor Deadman, am I right? Huh? Uh, <laughs> God damn it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So let's let's go to the next one then. Some of the best players that already got knocked out of this shit because these are the guys that keep being featured on all of those like transition scenes out of into commercials from NBC. So we got like <laughs> Nick Drysidle, we got Crosby. Let's uh, who, who else has a couple names here? Here's here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about it though is that I've seen a lot of fans saying like, oh, it's gonna hurt hockey because they're superstars no, out there. No, here's the thing. It's, it's nothing new that McDavid or Drysaddle hasn't made the playoffs in a while. That's nothing new. And then, and, and then, and, and then Matthews and, and uh, keeps getting gone in after a week anyway. So who like, Matthews was caught with his pants down. What can you say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not going to hurt the league <laughs> at all, actually, because since we're pretty much the main sport on, I think ratings are going to be up. I think oh, basketball's still on. Well, yeah, but nobody cares about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so can I just point out that there is not a first overall pick since 2013. The last first overall pick in the playoffs is Nathan McKinnon, meaning that 
getting the first overall pick doesn't mean you're getting back in the playoffs anytime wait, wait, soon. Wait, what, Dallas Stars wasn't – no, no, it was Dallin, wasn't it? Yep. Well, Professor had, had, dropping had, stats had, on us here. Nice. You mean – Wait, who? What, what do you? What do you? What do you mean, Dallas Stars? Dollar? No, I was thinking of Heskinen, but he's not. He wasn't the first overall. Oh, no, 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 no. He's he's up. Oh, Andrew, jeez. <laughs> um, so and speaking of first overall picks, though. Yeah, let's move on to our last piece here. So we got you know the, these eight teams that could potentially win this. They each have a twelve point five percent chance, or one in eight. So you know Edmonton, Pittsburgh. Toronto and then you know everybody else but I guess I guess what we just wanted to say is that there's a chance that Edmonton Pittsburgh or Toronto gets the first overall pick considering the actual draft lottery the draft lottery worked out the way it did I would just go ahead and award any of those three teams the number one pick in advance, just get prepared for the outrage just get ready for it to happen yeah because the way it shook out it's gonna happen can we all First, just agree I, we I don't like want it in the ring. West? Yeah, I I rather oh, have yeah. Toronto or uh, Pittsburgh get it than Edmonton. Now I rather get the, have to see the Rangers get it. They're often coming. No, I mean like out of the, the three, out of the three teams, teams, out of the three teams that you don't want, like it's a consensus that it's Pittsburgh, Toronto, or Edmonton that nobody wants him to get. Out of all those three, I don't want Edmonton to get him. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although it would be fun to see. Like, it is it is very chaotic because they need they need a defenseman, <laughs> but they're gonna get a forward. And I did I did text this to you guys. My bold prediction is that Edmonton is gonna get it, but they're gonna trade away that pick for both of Ottawa's picks and get a defenseman. And then my bold every, prediction. And then, and then Vegas will just take them from Ottawa when Melnick doesn't want to pay him later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. And that is exactly the end of this five minute major. So. Uh, <laughs> So, anyways, uh, that, that's pretty much it for, for tonight. So, just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Jack and AJ for joining us today. We, I, think, I think I speak for us all when I, when I say, you know, this was a lot of fun to finally get you guys in the same session with us and, uh, you know, hope yeah. to do it again sometime I agree. soon. Yeah, two, two years in the works, but, hell, it's been a, it's been a great time. Well, yeah, it was. Uh, we your, talked about your shit, man. Like that—that's what you're here for. Yeah. So the so this is uh, Jack Manning. AJ Alexander has been here with me. We host the Golden Knights Watch podcast. You can find that on GoldenKnightsWatch.com. You can also follow AJ at VGK underscore Watch on Twitter. You can follow me at NHL Jack Manning. You find us both on the Vegas Golden Knights uh, Reddit page. Uh, I am also there at Jack Manning NHL. AJ is. Uh, AJ underscore Alexander, is that right? AJ Alexander underscore VGK. Get it right. That, that being said, you two are now banned. <laughs> oh. Thanks uh, for having us. Go this out on a good note, right? C- yeah. Come check out our, our podcast. We're releasing another episode this week. I just uh, did an interview with VGK prospect Ryder Donovan uh, about two weeks ago. So log in, check, check out his highlights, check out his interview. Great kid uh, is, in my mind, the next uh, Nick Waugh that this team has coming up. Nice. Awesome. High, that's high praise, man. 
Well, and again, we are, uh, you know, the Weekly Nightly Podcast. We're at Vegas Nightly with the K um, on, on Twitter here. And you can get all of our personal bios for the, the four of us that run this podcast um, from, from the actual Twitter bio of that page. So um, we'll be tweeting out, you know, links to this podcast as well as links to uh, get to AJ and, uh, and Jack's pages on Twitter so that uh, everybody's got all of the information. So again, thanks everybody for listening. And until next time or until next week. Keep up the watch.